What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Boochcast. This week, we got a special treat for you guys, but apparently we're on a clock, I just fucking found out. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Mr. one... Mr. Boochie, Mr. Boochie, time out, time out, time out, Mr. Boochie, we are not on a cock, okay? There is no cock. Clock, clock, clock. No, Mr. Bootsy Rabbit, I watched the show on the clock, but I, I, no. No, apparently we're on the clock, 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 Because you're like sitting here saying. Like when she's got the red death. The, the what? The red death. What's the red death? That's got nothing to do with what's going on right now. The red, the red dragon, the black plague, that thing that happens to women once a month. What's that got to do with anything that I just said? You said the, you said the cock. I said we're on the clock. C L O C K clock. Right. Okay. Yeah, because apparently you're like I only got an hour, which is weird, but okay. So anyway, <laughs> but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, I am here with the one and the only Mr. Gator Ricky Ross. 
Hello. Um, I give it more of an intro, but we're on the clock. So anyway. Um, oh, by the way, I am a comedian. I am a wrestler. And I've done a lot of other shit in the business. Hello. Yes. Mr. Butch really has to. He's, he's just clean and pristine. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I am clean and pristine. Uh, as we are here to do our classic pay-per-view reviews. As you guys know, this is where Gary and I take pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, ECW. And we analyze them from the perspective of not just two men who are wrestling fans, but also two people who work in the business. Gator's pretty much got everything right. covered. I pretty much had everything covered. Um, so we're just going to jump right in because this week we got a special one. It is ECW Heat Wave 1998. We're doing this to commemorate the NXT Heat Wave show, which at the time you listen to this, it will be airing tomorrow on the USA Network. So this is a Monday that you're listening to this baby right here. And so let's see. We got the ECW Heat Wave 1998. I need to go um, pull some shit up because I w- did not realize we were on the c- clock. Clock. Right. We're on the clock. Yeah. Yes. So now, so yeah. So I wasn't given much time to prepare. I pretty much had to turn the some bitch on. Heatwave '98 uh, took place ironically on August second, nineteen ninety eight, and it's actually August second, twenty twenty two. At the time we're recording this, I found that kind of funny. This is in Dayton, Ohio, at the Hera Arena. There was a uh, four thousand four hundred people in attendance. This is the fifth Heatwave pay per view event produced by ECW, and it also featured talent from Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. At the time, ECW had a partnership with FMW, which is a Japanese uh, deathmatch wrestling company that. Will be talking about at a later date on Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring. Ain't this Onita? Yeah, this is Onita's FMW. Yeah. So we're hoping to at some point get that done on Dark Side of the Ring whenever I can get somebody to either do it with me or if I got to do it myself, which looks like that's the direction we're going. I said I would do it. Okay, then you and I will knock this one out someday. Anyway, so we go through all of that ordeal and the show begins as Gator's like, we open upon an intro. Well, before we get said intro, God, I got a lot of shit up here. Joey Styles welcomes everyone to the show. And he announces that Shane Douglas is his color commentator since he's injured. And he comes out with Francine. Joey says his suit is double-breasted like Francine. Francine says, I bet that suit didn't cost six grand like these. And shoves Joey's face in between her tits. And Joey acts like he is disgusted by it. No, no, no. He was not disgusted. He was just flabbergasted. Mr. Bujarelli, sometimes when you motorboat, you forget how the engine works. <laughs> That's a valid point. Um, sometimes the engine has a miss in it, and you don't quite know what you're doing. Yeah, some people just don't have a clue. Exactly. Sometimes you just don't know what the fuck's about to happen, but you gotta change the motorboat Francine, which a lot of people back then would have loved to be in that position. Mr. Good, you ready? Look on the screen. Why would I want to share the video? Look on the screen. I'm scared now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm turning the camera on. Oh, Gator is once again wearing his ECW shirt. By the way, that's on the, the other one's on the Instagram page. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yes, I figured I would wear my ECW shirt in respect. Yes, very much so. Yes. Appreciate it. Yes, long live Joey Styles in the days that he motivated hashtag them titties. Yes, them titties. <laughs> hashtag them titties. Yes, so, so after we go through that craziness, we then get to the show, and we have our first official match of the evening, Just Incredible, with Jason. Nicole Bass and Chastity versus Jerry Lynn. Hold on, I locked it. Wait, hold. Okay. Would you like me to now go? Yes, now you can go. Okay, so Credible and Lynn have been having these series of matches during this particular time, and this one was designed to be
be the blow off. Okay? These matches have been of good quality, and it also helped elevate Jerry Lynn as from an undercard into this more like mid card. He wasn't quite a main eventer at this point yet, but he was more of a mid card, you know, kind of talent. Now, Credible hadn't yet switched to the to the uh, version of of his song that he was doing, but anyway, that that doesn't matter. Okay, now Credible is kind of a a, a Raven type character here. Okay, he's doing he's doing lots of things. He's got lackeys, you know. It's it's a weird. This is before he gets with Lance Storm, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yes, both men go at it like hell. Some good action, nice counters. There's uh, some really good high spots here, including uh, Lynn's dive to out to the floor in the early going. Uh, Douglas, who actually was not a bad color commentator, just a side note, he he, he throws out there his wisdom. Lynn does a lot of, sh- has, has an early shine spot uh, with the uh, slick reverse DDT counter. Do you, you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really good. And it's, Douglas puts him over a lot on commentary. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Lynn, Lynn does a lot of great selling. Um, Just Incredible's version of the flop gets involved a lot. That gets old very quick. Um, whoever the fuck this Jason is, he can't work for shit. <laughs> I mean, I, he looks like the kind of guy that would tell you, hey, brother, why'd you block my Brie Bellanilla? <laughs> so things go really well with this. This this is a solid opener. I just wish there wasn't as much clusterfuckery. You know what I'm saying? Yes, there was but obviously. You so you're going to have that. Yeah, obviously there was a lot of table spots and crazy shit. Yeah. And, you know. And I, chastity, dear God, chastity. Oh, my God. And then, of course, there's Nicole Bass. Who yes. Joey calls a monster. Shane calls effective. And uh, I'm going to say this about Joey Styles. <laughs> he is Mr. Don't Give a Fuck on the commentary. Yeah. And here's the thing I love about Joey Styles. As great of a commentator as he is, I don't think he can get a job today. No. He would not get a job because no. he, as, as as Dave Chappelle would say, he would piss off the alphabet people very much. You mean like Jerry the King Lawler did in the promo I sent you? Yes. Oh, my God. I sent Vinny. I just sent Vinny a promo not too long ago where uh, Jerry Lawler has some choice Jerry words. Jerry the King Lawler uses, uses a version of the word flag without the L. Yes. Exactly. Because here's some of Joey. For example, Nicole attacks Jerry and, and Joey's on the side. There she goes with a fireman's carry. And then Joey says, notice I didn't say fire woman. And I'm like, fuck. Jerry then eventually hits a low blow on Nicole. And Joey says, yeah, and Joey says, right to the nuts. Don't tell me otherwise. I'm like, fuck. Jesus Christ. That was extreme. Over with this tombstone type of maneuver. Yes, he does the uh he does a tombstone pile driver. Stone off the second rope. Yes. And and Joey and Joe and here's the thing that Joey said again that I loved was I don't condone violence against women, but that little pain in the ass has been asking for it all summer long. Chastity hits accidentally hits Justin the nuts. Jerry hits her with a tombstone pile driver. You, that was one of those moments where I'm like, finally, guys who don't let the girls just walk all over them. I love moments like that because Joey sums up why sometimes it's okay for the girl to get hit in the ring. I don't condone violence against women, but that little pain in the ass has been asking for it all summer long. If you know the bitch is asking for it, you can give it to the fans. Look, you got to get the heat off of somebody somehow. Exactly. Um, The thing 
is with managers, female, male, whatever, you got to get the heat off of them. So they have to take a bump. Yeah. And I did have, and then Joey said Justin was overlooked by know-it-alls and ECW showed them they knew better. And I'm not going to say what I have written about Justin here because I'm going to confess something right now. I was going to throw some shade at Justin in this match. Mm Mm-hmm. But due to recent shit that I'm not going to go into now, it'll happen someday on another variety show. I just realized what you're doing, but go ahead. After some shit that Buff and I went through with a former associate, but I found out that individual before he worked for Buff also worked for Just Incredible. And possibly, uh, allegedly, because I don't have any proof, allegedly did the same shit to Justin that he did to us. So I'm going to take whatever I was going to say about Justin here and throw it out the window because he might not be guilty of the crime. So anyway, so there is that. So I was going to say that. But um, other than that, aside from that, you know, the match was pretty much good. For the most part, it was a spot fest. But um, it's okay, Mr. Bujarelli. Shit happens. Yeah, and apparently, just it was a very well done match. You know, it had a couple. It was a bit of a spot fest, but I think Jerry Lynn kept everything calm. If that makes sense, like he knew. Jerry Lynn is what kept this match together. Yes. He was able to get Justin to slow down and, and we'll get all your shit in, but we're going to do it right. And I think Jerry was a major role in doing that right. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So anyway, we're going to move on here for the next match of the evening. We got Lance Storm versus Chris Candido with Tammy Lynn Sitch. <laughs> So the crowd is not as hot for this one as they were for the opener, okay? But the wrestling on display is good. Uh, Storm shows off some good intensity, and he's coming with this development of this heel persona. Candido, he's uh, wearing a protective headgear. Dude almost losing an ear at one stage in a match with uh, RVD and Sabu. So Storm takes it off in the early going. The problem with this being the crowd kind of wants to cheer for Candido, but they're booing Storm and neither guy is a baby face here. Exactly. And I'm going to say this right now and it might not be popular with some people, but here it is. They call Chris Candido. No gimmicks needed. I 100% disagree because without one, he is boring as shit. I'm sorry, but he is. No, no, he's, no, he's not. The only thing that keeps him relevant is the fact he's fucking sunny. Anyway. And the crowd was shocked to see her at Heat Wave. This was right at the end of her term working with WWF. The only reason she got to ECW is because she's fucking Chris. Yes. And at one point, they imitate the Steiner pose, the Rick Scott Steiner pose, except yeah. when Sonny does Scott Steiner spot, she does it in a sexual way as opposed to the double body set pose that Steiner does. I noticed that. Like, well, you well know. here's the thing. The work in the ring here is, is is just phenomenal. And for the most part, Tammy did a great job at ringside, which was normally the case is she is a very skilled valet manager, whatever you want to call her, okay? But this feels more like an exhibition of moves to me, while the opener here told more of a story. Does that make sense? Yes. This was, this was more move for move for move. And yes. in my opinion, Sonny had the best moment of the whole thing was her on the mic introducing Chris Candido and she called him and I quote 240 of the hardest pounds she ever felt all I can say is sucks to be HBK right now Because this is when she left WWE. So obviously she had the affair with Sean and then came to ECW and 240 of the hardest pounds I ever felt. Oh, if that is not a sucker punch to the heartbreak gonads, I don't know what is. 
Right to the dick. Now, right to the dick. Now, we get later on in this match, and Tammy gives Chris Candido some fucking white powder to throw in the Storm's face. Now I need to, I need to preface this. The this fruit is hanging way too low for even me to go ahead on this one, and I, I, I do have some standards, you know. So I'm just gonna leave it there. Yeah. Stone gets white powder in his face. Yes. He ends up kicking it into Candido's face instead, which leads to Candido blocking the ref whilst blind. He hits the ref. Lance gets up on top. Tammy grabs his ass for the distraction, then shoves him off. Then he crotches himself on the top row. Chris rolls up the ref because he's still blinded by the manager shit. Huh? Simple manager shit. Yeah. Powerbomb off the top row. Candido over. Yes. So, yeah, this was basically, this was a uh, move-for-move comedy match, basically. Yep. See, here's the thing. The crowd was not massively into this. The end was a bit overcomplicated, for me at least. I like a more simplified product. Exactly. I think we all do. I say that now, but wait till we get to Starcade 85, children. Oh! Um, yeah, that's coming up down the road. Oh boy. Um But it wasn't a bad match, so don't 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 think I'm shitting on it. It's not. It's not. It was just it was it was this was very much an entertainment match. It wasn't meant to like it, it wasn't designed to be a show stealer. It wasn't. It was just designed to be a match and it did what it needed to do. It was a good cooldown match from the crazy action we saw in the opener. Mm-hmm. You know, they were exchanging blows, they had a slug fest, there was it was a good decent match. It, it did, did you know, it did it did what it needed to do. And then on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got mm-hmm. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. Sorry, I have way too much fun with his name. Yes. Tanaka! Okay, so awesome. Here's the thing about Mike Awesome. He combines the 80s look and the promo with the modern style of the day, okay? Which makes him somewhat compelling. Whilst Tanaka is probably the best overall in-ring performer that I've seen on this entire show. So these two had a big feud in Japan, which awesome one. And that's how we get to here. Now, this match was incredible action. The crowd loved it. And the reason I, here's the thing about why I'm bringing up the crowd here. I'm bringing up the crowd because they're the lifeline of these matches. And before, I didn't necessarily bring up the crowd because I didn't think that far into it. But now I'm looking at these, and I'm like, if the crowd's into it, then, hey, they're making paper. That's very true. Am I wrong? That's very true. Am I wrong? Anyway, now the big, the big downside with this is that it is filled with a shit ton of unprotected chair shots. Oh, dear God. And it amazes me that Tanaka can function as well as he did after all of this shit. Edges of this match, it's mostly both guys trading strikes and power moves. Awesome showing off his athletic ability with moves like the springboard, the shoulder tackle, the big Undertaker WrestleMania dive, and that kind of thing. Yes. Um, Tanaka does the whole back forward willy-nilly shit. He gets in some cool spots of his own, including my favorite, where he grabs a chair and then sprints down the ramp to hit Awesome with it. That's a cool spot. Yes. Uh, th- this match... This match made me angry on so many levels. Why did this make you angry? I enjoyed this. Okay, so first of all, I'll just go through the whole thing. Uh, they exchange blows. Mike at one point goes up top. There's a flying back elbow, and Tanaka just stands there. A reminder yeah. of why I hate Japanese wrestling. I don't like the strong style, no-sell shit. 
Well, I will say one thing. He even no-sells a fucking chair shot at one point, and I'm like, what the fuck? Exactly. This is why I don't, because they don't sell. They can't sell for shit. Mike nails a slingshot shoulder block and then a splash for a two count. Going to be honest, I don't like big men doing stupid high spots. I don't like it. It's a turn off for me. It bothers me immensely. Mike does a suicide dive on a Tamaka. No insults from Joey this time. I didn't notice that because the last time we did a pay-per-view review where Mike did a suicide dive, Joey pretty much wanted to rip Mike Awesome apart. So I guess this is before Joey had such a hatred for him. Well, this is before he tried to walk off with the ECW title and throw yeah, it in the garbage can exactly. like they did on WCW. Exactly. Now, Joey actually tries to praise the fact that uh, you know other big men don't even leave their feet. No shit, motherfucker! It's what makes them different. That's what separates we, them from the circus shit. Table bump. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting okay. there. It's on the list. But I, I'm going down my list one by one. Like, that's what makes the big guys different. I don't want people going out there and all of them doing the exact same shit. Hey, just be proud. Just be proud that I'm even doing this the way that I'm doing. Oh, I'm very impressed with how you're doing. I'm just making my points now. Now, okay, well, go ahead. Then we got, you know, like I said, Mike nails a running release awesome bomb, and instead of going for a pin, he wants to put him through the table on the outside. Why? Because ECW wrestlers have shit for brains. You got the some bitch beat. Pin him. This is this is a thing, and I even noticed this a little bit in AEW. Oh I've even heard JR say this a few times. If you have an opportunity for the win, go for the win. Make it look like you're trying to win a match and not trying to entertain a crowd. But I know some people out there going, well, Vinny, aren't they supposed to entertain the crowd? Yeah, by trying to fucking win. That's why you're watching a fight. Can I, can I do the gimmick? Fine. I need a drink anyway. Here we go, children. Say it with your Uncle Gator. Psychology. That's the fucking point. That's fucking stupid. It's like, go for the win. It's like, if you're watching a football game, you watching to see the guy score a touchdown. That's what you're looking for. You're not looking to see, I just want to see the ball fly back and forth and go through the air and watch all these spinning moves. Like, no, you watch somebody to run from one end of the field to the other end of the field and score a touchdown so your team wins. So, yeah, when you have a golden opportunity to pin somebody, but you're like, I'm going to put him through a table because I care more about the crowd going, E-D-W, E-D-W, E-D-W. By the way, that table spot was horrific, and that gets the Fuck That Bump Award. Yes, he puts Mike also to the table with an awesome I'm surprised his neck isn't broken. And yeah, well, he's and dead anyway. Here's the so- funny part. Then he does a chair shot off the top rope. Shane yells, pin him. So at least Shane Douglas has a brain. We've established (laughs) Shane Douglas is the smartest man in the room. Shane Douglas, here's the thing about Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is is one of the most underrated psychologists in the ring that I've ever seen. Yes. He's underrated. He's underrated. Shane Douglas does not get enough credit for being a psychologist. He knows shit. Yeah. Like, that's why I was like, thank you. I was so happy to hear Shane yell that. Because I'm yelling the same thing. Pin him, you dumbass. Seriously, I gotta wait for Tanaka to stack some chairs and then hit a tornado DDT onto them for a one, two, three. When you, I mean, the fuck? I would have been okay with a kick out. I'd rather Tanaka kick out of the pin than have Mike Awesome go, well, I I got an opportunity to pin him, but no, I'll just put him through this table. Well, let's wrap this this one up in a bow, okay? Here's the issues with this. This match is reckless as hell. Yes. It's fun to watch at points, but it is reckless as hell. 
Yeah. You take the chair shots out in this match, honestly, it wouldn't look out of place on an episode of SmackDown or East or uh, fucking Dynamite. Exactly. But that, that irritated the fuck out of me. And so, yeah, I couldn't enjoy this match. I thought it was garbage. Too much stupidity for me to take it seriously. Now, maybe back in the day when I didn't have the wrestling mind that I have now and I could just watch like a fan, I might have thought it was cool. But someone in the business with a business mind, I'd fire both these bastards, especially Tanaka. Anyway, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the ECW World Tag Team Titles. RVD and Sabu with Bill Alfonso defend the titles against Hayabusha and Jinzi Shinzaki. Okay, this match was half high spots, half disaster. It (laughs) alternated between being entertaining and being a fucking mess. Probably the wrong style of match to even have with the wrong combination of guys. But the finish looked spectacular. And it was a win over a team that had a name for the champ. Now, they could replay that finish over and over again to help get them over, but that's all it's going to do. This was basically a clusterfuck. I mean, it had moments where you're like, yes, and then it had moments where you're like, oh, my God, somebody's going to die. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say a couple things here. I know I don't like Japanese wrestling, but I'm going to give Jin C props. Because he gets tagged in and does a praying rope walk and then chops the elbow of RVD. And I'm going to say this. When Jin C does that rope walk... Did you notice something about RVD's arm? Did you notice? Anybody notice? Mm -hmm. His Mm -hmm. arm was twisted the whole time. Mm -hmm. He twisted the arm. This is a Japanese wrestler in a Japanese deathmatch company on an ECW company who figured this out. Mm -hmm. But yet, but here in the States, y'all ain't grasped this concept. That's why that Mexican arm drag is one of the worst fucking moves I hate in wrestling. I see a lot of them do it. It makes me want to vomit. Like, I'm going to hold your hand and then climb up this rope. And at no point, nobody thought, I was going to pull this fucker down. No, because we got to get the spot for the for the ooh and the ah. I'll let you hold my hand and climb up here and then jump down here and flip me, even though I could have stopped you on three different occasions. But we can't. You got to do the flip spot. I forgot. Fucking yes. Thank you, Jin C. At least somebody from Japan has a brain. Okay. Now, next. And this isn't more. This isn't really, really a complaint. It's more of a question I have for Gator. Because I was confused by this. On the commentary, Sabu nails a stiff clothesline. Right. Joey referred to it, Joey Styles, as a stiff clothesline. Yes. Is Joey allowed to say stiff? Because isn't that like an insider term that we shouldn't use at the broadcast table? Like, was that okay? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the, thing. the best in the business has said that. I think it's okay saying stiff clothesline as okay. long as you don't say stiff punch or stiff, you know what I'm saying? Okay. No, I'm I think, saying. I think I've even done that. Okay. Um, I just wasn't sure. I, I think stiff clothesline is okay because it sh- because your arm could be stiff. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not like he's saying, oh, that was stiff. He's like saying, look, his arm wasn't bent. It was just fucking stiff. He hit a fucking brick wall, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, I got it. I just I just wasn't sure. As soon as I heard that, I kind of no, went, whoa. I, I don't think that's pushing it too far. Okay. Okay. I wasn't mad about it. That, that was just confusion. That wasn't anger. That was just no, me wanting clarification. It is okay. Okay. So we're good. So then RVD does a spin kick, but Jinsey makes the save. Jinsey Habashi do a kick combo into a German suplex pin, but Sabu kicks out. He then nails Jinsey with a Hurricanrana and then nails a five star frog splash. Sabu goes for the cover, but Jinsey kicks out. That should have been the finish. It should have 
should have been. It wasn't. Why? That, 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 thank you. I need to know. That that should have been the finish. Anything that happened after that was unnecessary noise. You've gotten the orgasm. Now it's time to eat a sandwich and go to sleep. Time for a cigarette. Yes. This, everything after this is just noise. For the sake of noise. And now, of course, uh, at one point in the match, uh, Sabu nailed a Boston Crab while RVD did a leg drop. Sabu then went for a pin. Gen C kicked out while smashing Sabu in the ribs. Shane says, I can't believe he's still conscious. Well, Shane, I can because it's Japanese bullshit. Nothing surprises me anymore. There you go. RVD does the Van Damme to Gen C with help from Sabu. They set up a table put, and put Hayabashi Gen C on it. They nail leg drop to the top rope onto each guy through the table. Sabu covers Gen C for the win. So at least they found a way to top whatever the fuck they did. But the other thing should have been the finish. Wasn't necessarily accurate, but it works. It, it worked. Not what I would have done, but okay. <laughs> but that's that's the difference between me and hardcore bullshit. Yes, and uh, so yeah, so basically those were the aspects of the match. Also, uh, Bill Alfonso... (laughs) The goddamn whistle. ...is a whistling racist. Because first of all, he won't stop blowing his fucking whistle. And he constantly behaves racially insensitive towards the Japanese opponents. Uh, I would like to say, uh, having just done Bill Alfonso, uh, first ever Bill Alfonso Invitational Hardcore Tournament, um, please book me. (laughs) I'm not I'm not saying Bill in real life is. I'm talking about in this particular match. I like Bill Alfonso. I think the whistling's annoying. Again, uh, if you'd like to book me. Jesus. All right. So, Comedy. Anyway. Yes. Comedy gold. So we move on to the next match here. Right. It's a Falls Count Anywhere match for the FTW heavyweight title. Taz defends the title against Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay. This was a fab. Fabulous brawl. That's all this is. Uh, and it set Taz up nicely as a challenger for Shane Douglas down the road. If you like brawls, you're going to love this. Can I do the bit? Go ahead. They has fight. They has fight. I think that sums it up. They has fight. That, that pretty much, that pretty much, it's, it's a brawl. I yeah. mean, they has fight. This is, you want to be excited for this. Yeah. I'm not. But you want to be. Yeah. I don't know. See, here's the thing. There's no psychology in this. This is just beat em up, smash mouth wrestling. It really is. Like, these two just oh, wanted to kill each funny. other, and they did. It's not really wrestling. This is just brawling. Yeah. This is this is, this is how to kill a town 101. Actually, I like the brawl, you know? And I liked it because it felt different from everything else I've seen in the night. Like, that's the thing I find the most interesting about ECW is so many matches have weapons and unsafe spots and no selling bullshit. That when you see two guys actually working, now even if it's just a brawl, you enjoy it more because it's different. Just being different from everything else makes you entertaining in ECW. I've learned that. Because it's like, okay, not everybody here is a spot monkey psycho. So I enjoyed this. And in fact, the crazy spot you see is when Bam goes for the T-bone suplex, but Taz counters with a 20 DDT and they go through the ramp. Yeah. You got one loser chanting ECW, and then while the rest of the fans are going, holy shit. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, my God. Becky, look at that shit. <laughs> and then Bam finally gets out of the wreckage, walks onto the stage. This, this should have been the main event because when we, we're going to get to the main event here in a second. This trumps the main event completely. 
It does. That spot is so iconic that they threw it in everything up to in ECW after this. Yeah, and then of course after that, they get out of the ramp spot. Here's what I thought was crazy: they go through the ramp, they finally get out, but it ends with a Taz mission and a tap out. Yeah. I thought it was odd. The finish is weird to this. It's weird, but I don't hate it. I just thought it was odd. So then Taz grabs the mic and calls out Shane. Yeah. He snaps and throws one of the monitors onto the floor while Taz flips him off and walks out while stepping in the hole and jumping out. Like he's not even gonna try to get around that thing. He's just fucking, I'm gonna jump down, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna climb out. Shane then walks away from the broadcast table with Francine. And that's all we see of Shane for the rest of the night, which doesn't last very long because uh, we got one more match. Uh, the main event of the evening, a Dudleyville street fight. The team of Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Spike Dudley versus the Dudleys with Jeff Jones, Sign Guy Dudley, and Joel I always leave them sore, yet they keep coming back for more, Gertner. Let me just say one thing, okay? As much as I shit on ACW, the only good thing that comes out of this is I get to see Joel Gertner. He is the highlight for me every time. That dude is so gifted on the mic. I love it. So gifted, and I hate he never got a chance to, to do anything with. I, I really hate the way WWE treated him during the one night stand shows. I felt yeah, he deserved so much better. They shot upon him. The kid, the kid had Mike. He's got Mike yes. ability. Now, of course, the three Dudleys involved in this are, of course, Bubba and Devon and Big Dick Dudley. He's the other guy involved in this. Uh, big big Richard. Fight. Yes, Big Richard. Yes. Big Big Richard Richard Dudley. Children listening. Yes, and of course, there's um before the match starts, they're in the ring. Um, they have a sex doll. They call her Beulah McGilla Slutty, and they have a sex doll that's basically making fun of uh, Beulah. And they said she didn't know whether to urinate, defecate, or ejaculate when Bubba drove her head into the canvas. So, so, so let me let me just clear things up, okay? Okay. So this is basically the Dudleys versus the three main baby faces that hate them. Tommy hates them for what they did to Beulah. Sandman hates them because they broke his fucking neck. And Spike hates them because they're his abusive half-brothers who betrayed him back in 97. That's basically the whole gist of why they have Spike. Yes. And they come out with beer and ladders. Um, Tommy drinks a beer, spits it at Bubba. Sandman spits his into the crowd and then busts himself open by slamming the can on his head like he always does. And Spike just drinks and looks nerdy. He's just drinking. Spike looks to me like what Zach would look like if we put him in overalls and gave him a beer. (laughs) And dyed his hair. Spike looks to me... Zach would look like if we gave him a tie-dye shirt, overalls, some little shiny boots, and a beat. And knowing Zach, he would react to shit the way Spike does. Little Ginger Dudley. Little Ginger Dudley. Little Ginger Dudley. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zachary. Wanna play? He could be another Dudley brother, Little Ginger. Yeah. Yes, I'm Zachary, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Little Chunky Dudley. <laughs> yeah. I'm your best friend. <laughs> Zach, why do you have that knife? Don't worry about it, bitch. Okay. Yeah. And of course, the crowd's yelling, fuck him up, Sam, man. Fuck him up. And they just has fight. This is another brawl. But yeah, this is the thing. This, I would have opened with this one and closed with Taz and Bam Bam. That's just me. Yeah. And of course, there's, um, like I said, it was basically a big ass brawl. These guys are basically fucking killing each other. Um, and it's, a, and here's the thing I find weird it's a street fight, but yet they're tagging in and out. That is weird. Why? Why? Just why? Psych! So- College. 
Yeah, that's that's the answer. <laughs> that's pretty much it. What that makes no fucking sense at all. It's no DQ. Vinny, 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 Vinny. Yeah, Vinny. You you want to know something? What? It's ECW. None of it makes any fucking sense at all. <laughs> Valid point. Valid point. Now, I noticed at one point, Spike dives off the top of a ladder onto the Dudleys. And I'm going to say this. That was the only bad dive that I saw in this whole show. Yeah, true. Because in every other dive, they did it in a way where the opponent didn't see it coming. They looked like they were clearly catching him. It looked that bad. So I might not like the excessive dives out of the ring, but up until this point, at least the other ones were done in ways that made sense. This made no sense at all. None at all. By the way, the uh, the Dudley death drop is known as the acid drop in ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at one point, the ref helps Tommy get Gertner in the tree of woe, and they hit four drop kicks, which, of course, I have to ask the question, why is the ref helping the baby faces? Sorry! There you go. That what? The ref should not be helping the baby faces. The ref is supposed to be impartial. I don't care how fat Gertner is. No. If you can't get him in the tree of woe by yourself, here's a bright idea. Don't do the fucking tree of woe. Here's your answer. Also, um I hate that I have to say this over and over, but it's the only way to properly Yeah. So of course, other than that, there's weapons galore, and then Bubba hits Bubba 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 gets a chair, goes for a splash onto Dreamer, but misses and hits the ladder. Tommy hits a DDT on the ladder and gets the pin. Now, is it just me or was that count a little fast? Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a fast count there. Again, the ref should not be cheating to help the baby faces. No comment. No comment. So now we see this fucking doomsday from hell. This insanity of why the fuck are you even doing this shit? And then Jack Victory shows up. He hits Tommy with a guitar filled with powder. More powder. You know what's hilarious to me? What? White powder and ECW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would have been funnier is if Bubba had got paranoid. Exactly. But it was Tommy who got hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy never did no drugs, so that's all. Yeah, that's called uncut, Tommy. So, all, <laughs> you all of a sudden, New Jack shows up with a shopping cart filled with weapons. Throws the weapons into the ring. Bubba picks up the stop sign. Jack kicks him in the gut, then nails him with the stop sign. You know what's funny? You know what he said to him when he hit Bubba with that stop sign? What? You're going to die, Bubba. <laughs> he then hits Jack Victory with the garbage can. He then hits Devon with the lid. He hits Big Dick with the shopping cart. It happens. Tommy and Spike use the stop sign to send Bubba out. Yeah. Sandman puts a stop sign over Victory, and Jack starts taunting with the golf club like he's about to play golf and hits the club onto the sign onto Victory. Then Tommy and Sandman... He hits him right in his big dick. Huh? He hits him right in his big dick. Yep. Then Tommy and Sandman hold Jack Victory. Jack starts taunting, you know, strumming the guitar, you know, kind of strutting around, strumming the guitar, and then cracks it over Victory's head. Yes. And then they all get on top of ladders and they celebrate. ECW, children. And again, this was the highlight because the two things I love most about ECW are New Jack and Joel Gertner. So yes, here's the thing about New Jack. New Jack makes you go, fuck, there's New Jack. <laughs> you know when New Jack shows up, there's some craziness about to happen. Yeah, there's some shit about to happen. Yes. It's funny, it's entertaining, and it's guaranteed to send you home happy. So, because I'm sorry, New Jack 
was the best in ECW. A lot like little Ginger Dudley. By the way, ladies, if you would, if you uh, have daddy issues or any other type of mental illness, um, look at my look at my friend, Mister Zachary Scott. We're trying to get him laid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Love so, you, Zach. Yes. So, um, so ladies, if you're if you're available and desperate, we can get we can help you out. If you're itching to get your ginger sufficient, if you've got a bucket list and an Irishman is on it, if you, if we you can check it out. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, the bucket list. Bucket list. <laughs> like I've never ba- I've never banged an Irish guy. With red hair. Yeah. We got yeah, somebody to help you. wrong with that. He's got a, if he drinks his beer like it's oxygen, <laughs> Zach is for you. Exactly. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude our classic review of ECW Heatwave 1998. Uh, Gator had to leave the uh, show abruptly because he uh, dropped his uh, cell phone in the toilet and therefore was not able to uh, call back. Hopefully his phone is okay, and hopefully uh, we will catch him uh, on the next pay-per-view review coming up down the road. So make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check out the photo of uh, Gator in his ECW t-shirt that we posted a while back. It's on the Instagram page. Make sure you guys uh, give it a like and a comment. Also, check out our YouTube channel, the Boochcast YouTube channel, for all of our exclusive video content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Zach and I actually uh, recorded two episodes of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, We just need to get two more recorded and uh, we'll be done with the whole series. And all I gotta do is edit a bunch of them and get them out there. So once we got them completely recorded, I will be on the editing train and getting those on the YouTube channel very soon. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. We'll be getting together for the Survivor Series live at 8 p.m. on the Twitch channel. And we'll be doing it from one of two locations. We'll either A, be doing it live from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, because Buff and I will be down there for WrestleCade weekend, because we're doing a special American Males exhibit. It'll be uh, Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs reuniting to meet the fans of the American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males. If you see them coming, better run for cover. Girls, you don't need a weekend lover. American Males. 
So if we're able to do a live watch party from Winston-Salem, uh, we will, of course, do that. But if for some reason we're not, if our schedule's too hectic, then the team here in Georgia will be putting together a watch party. They'll all be getting together to watch the Survivor Series, and you can hang out with them. So we'll figure out how we're going to do that as the months go by. But either way, we will be on twitch.tv slash theboochcast for a Survivor Series watch party. Also, we got our live D&D show that will be... Uh, coming out uh, soon. We also got our uh, Boochcast booking battle and a special project that we're working on. We're still trying to get the kinks worked out. I got one piece of the puzzle already done. A bunch of others are done as well, but I got one done recently. All I'm trying to do is get the other team to do their part. Once they do their part, boom, we'll be able to present this to you. And we guarantee you're going to love it. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one you want. The first option you have is for 99 cents per month. Just $1 per month. Now, this level is mostly for people who want to help us out but don't have a lot of money to spend. We know you guys are hardworking men and women out there. Uh, the last thing we'd ever ask you guys to do is sacrifice a payment or break the bank or feel pressured or obligated to support the show. So if all you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know, you're still helping us out and we love and appreciate it. But if you want to put a little skin in the game, the 99 cents level is for you. Why is that? It's only a dollar. You're not really going to miss it, but it'll help us out a great deal. But if you can go up a level, you can go to a $4.99 per month, $5. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock. So don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And of course, we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, $10. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States, ever since they sold it to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network. And unlike the WWE, at least under the old regime, I'm not so sure about the new regime yet. I'm judging, I'm judging it uh, piece by piece. We actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zach his ramen noodles, and we try to get him laid. So all you ladies out there with low standards and mental health issues, we have an eligible bachelor for you. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! <laughs> Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs> <laughs>